You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives. This is Debbie Vallejo, and I'm here along with Christy Williams. Um, Christy, how's your week been so far? It's good so far. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yes, it is. It's good. What's it's been good, good about it? Well, it's only Tuesday, so... We're recording Tuesday. Yes. Even recording though we drop Tuesday. it usually on Wednesday, and this will be a few weeks out, actually, this yeah. podcast drop. But. Yeah, but it's good. I don't know why is it good. That's a good question. Um, the sun is out, and it's been nice. Yes. So like even after school or during the day, it's nice that it's warm outside. Which is good for our kids, right? I mean, man, I've decided my kids that. are very much a part. I think that's growing up in Texas. You're used to the sun. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying their brains very much don't do as well with no sun for a few days. Well, I was even thinking like, God, thank you, Lord. Like our kids need to be outside more because they've been inside so long. Like, thank you for the break that it's not bad yet. I'm yeah. sure it's going to be bad. But it's not bad yet, and hopefully it's not bad. For I feel very for long. our northern neighbors who are experiencing so much oh, yeah. snow and yes. weather, and I'm just always grateful to be in Texas. Uh-huh. <laughs> but people with allergies, like if you notice, Pete yeah. Delkis is always like, "Get ready, that's people! True. It's high today." I'm like, "Oh, that's so sad." That is hard. <laughs> so How are you doing? How's your week? On a good, doing good, doing good. We're remodeling our house in the middle of that crazy. We talked about that. So mm-hmm. you're not you know, remod. You're like gutting it. We're almost. gutting it. We are getting it. Instead of moving around here, you can't move around here because you spend. It's it's just hard. There's no house to be had. Um, I actually, a friend of mine told me that um, she, this was a traumatic, it was on, she actually posted on Facebook. This was such a traumatic experience to buy a house right really? now. Really? Like you get your hopes up because you put in an offer and it's oh, got yeah. offer after offer oh, yeah. after offer. Um, she's like, we will never do this ever again. Found out this she's weekend, like, a friend of mine, her house burnt down last October and she was like we have put 20 offers in and we still don't have a house it's crazy So she's like we're just gonna hang out in our VRBO yeah don't they call it verbo now you're not supposed to call it VRBO you're not supposed to say the letters because verbo sounds better stupid it is it's strange (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get sued Uh, (laughs) no it's a good thing nobody knows who we are so it sounds like a stuffed animal verbo yes like the what's that that Fibbit, that uh-huh. whatever that thing was that That's was so popular. Absolutely. All right. So um, we have um, some guests today. We're excited to have. Super excited. Yes. Because if you've listened to our podcast with Kathy, my friend, mm-hmm. talk about her story of having an abortion when she was in her, what, 20s? Yes. Um, we didn't offer anything after that conversation. And so I'm excited now that we can offer something. That if you've experienced that, or if you know somebody that's going through it, there is a resource for you. There is. A local one. There's one in Plano, too, but this one's local. Yeah. Close to us. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. So um, we have two ladies from um, Life Talk, which is a, um, do you call it a crisis pregnancy center? Do we not still, any we, longer. Not any longer. We just call it a pregnancy care center. Okay. So a pregnancy care center here um, in Frisco. Why do we drop the crisis? Can I ask? This is Melissa. Let's introduce. This okay, is Melissa, yes. and this is Tanya. Thank you, ladies, for being here. Um, and Melissa, but first, Melissa is the director yes. of Live Talk. She's probably the executive director. The executive director, yes. <laughs> the <laughs> Over head, the whole honcho, shebang. The woman she, in charge. You were working in Live Talk as a volunteer for sev- for several years before you became executive director. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Tell us your story there. Okay. Well, Life Talk is a a ministry that reaches out to women and men who find themselves in unexpected pregnancies. So we provide um, free pregnancy tests, free sonograms, and free STD testing. And we also provide diapers, wipes, car seats, formula, all kinds of things to women so that they can choose life. You're talking lots of volunteers, right? Needing resources, so you have to raise money as part of your job. Yes, the development is a part of it, yes. Yeah, so that all, I mean, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Right. How did you start volunteering there? What made you want to go volunteer? It's kind of an interesting story. 
I, we love interesting we stories do. here, so please share. We do. Okay. So back in uh, 2012, I had just graduated from college and with a, an associate's degree, and I was planning on going on and getting a degree in interior design. I was walking across a parking lot, and I got hit by a shuttle bus. So I was in um, some recovery, some therapy for four years to try to, to recover from this accident. And my therapist said, you need to get out of the house. At that point, I had severe PTSD. I couldn't drive. Um, I had physical issues. I was kind of holed up in my little room in my apartment and uh, with my husband. And we just were trying to recover. And so she told me, you have to get out and start volunteering somewhere. Well, Life Talk happened to be right across the, the street. So I would have, having only one car in the family, I would have to pray up and get all excited and get ready to cross that street because it was very busy. It was worn. So you had to fight Satan every morning. Every right? morning. He yeah. wanted you to stay home and not yeah. do that. I just wanted to cover my head mm -hmm. and just forget about everything. So I started volunteering. And after two years, they gave me the position of um, client services coordinator, volunteer coordinator. So I did that. And then when the executive directorship came up, they wanted me to take it. I said, no, I didn't want to do it. You <laughs> so, said no? Yeah. I was running. I was like, God, no, I don't want to do this. Because it is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot involved in it. Um, but it's such a blessing. I mean, it, it is such an honor to be able to be in the position of, you know, heading up Life Talk and helping people like we do. So many women come in and they are just at their wits end. They don't know which way to go. I mean, especially with the new heartbeat law, it adds a huge level of stress. And so it's such a pleasure to be able to work with them and to be able to bring in volunteers that we need. And we always need more volunteers. We are desperate right now for some men volunteers. And we have a program called Life Talk Men. And that is was something that was really weighing on my heart, the fact that the men were sitting in the lobby while the women were back there having the you know pregnancy test and being counseled. And then we were losing the ability to reach the men, which is so important. Mm -hmm. So we started this program, and we had nine male volunteers, which was wonderful. But wow. then after COVID, they started going back to work. So we lost them, and we're down to two. So we really need some gentlemen to come in. And actually, it's so rewarding to see because last year alone in 2021, we had 27 women and men come to know the Lord as their personal savior. Mm -hmm. 13 of those were men. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so so cool. it's a huge ability to make a difference yeah. in these families. What do the men do? Like if they were to volunteer, what does that look like for them? What we do is um, they take the women back and they do some peer counseling with them. We don't have a, License licensed counselors. counselors. Thank you. <laughs> we don't have licensed counselors. We have uh, just lay counseling. So they take the women back and then they the come in. I just want to make sure, sure we're clear with people listening. So yes. you have volunteers. Yes. And the volunteers who are the, her, the lady volunteers take the women back. Yes. To either to do some counseling, take a pregnancy test pregnancy or a sonogram test. or what. And then while they're doing that, the men are in the lobby. Yes. Okay. So now the male volunteer will come and get the man and say, would you like to come back and just talk? And they'll take them back to a separate room and they'll actually spend some time getting to know them, getting to know what their life situation is, what their struggles are. And then they will reunite them to be able to see the sono together if they are getting a sonogram that day. And a lot of times... After the sonogram, they go back into the separate rooms, and that's when we share the gospel. See, Life Talk is primarily about sharing the gospel. We want to promote God's kingdom. And of course, very, very, very important is rescuing babies. So that, but, but the first thing is we need to see, you know, God's word spread, and we need to share the gospel with everyone. And because if we can 
if we can save the mom or if God saves the mom through us, then that saves the baby. Of course. Mm -hmm. And so then one thing I've always appreciated about Life Talk 2 is not only are you talking to couples um, as they're learning about a pregnancy, um, walking them through that, sharing the gospel, encouraging them, of course, to follow through with the pregnancy and keep the baby. You provide resources for the couple so they're not alone because I do think that is one of the issues with um, helping couples through pregnancy. It's not just about encouraging them to keep the baby. It's about helping them because they need help. The reason they're stressed is because they're not sure what to do. They don't know what to do. A lot of times it's a resource issue. And so, and this is, I'm going to introduce Tanya Bradford, right? So Yay. Tanya is part of our church. I've known Tanya for a long time. She's been in our church. We just figured out around 20 years. That's right. Um, but she is a volunteer at Live Talk, and um, she helps um, kind of spearhead a different part of the ministry there, which is showers of blessing. And so when a couple is going through with a pregnancy and they are in need of resources, you partner with churches and then we work together. And I say we as in a church will put on a big shower, which is so fun for a couple. And he's invited to the father is also invited. So we like to have a lot of our men there at the shower too. And we just get to shower them with gifts and mm-hmm. smiles and presents and time. So, Tanya, tell us a little bit about that ministry and how you got involved and sure. everything else. Absolutely. Um, so I've been volunteering at Life Talk for um, a little over five years now. And I started, um, similar to Melissa, as a client advocate, counseling women as they came in the door. So I um, you know, usually volunteered, you know, once a week, Thursday evenings were kind of my schedule. So volunteering there for about the past five or plus five plus years. And last year joined and became a member of the board of directors. So I'm on the board now and kind of serving in a couple of different capacities. But through our church, I've been the liaison with our church. And there's a few other churches in the area as well that also help with these showers of blessings. So we kind of rotate between a few different churches. But um, when we have women who come in the door, they're pregnant, they don't may not have family support. They may not have friends who are going to give them a baby shower. So we do try to assess whether they you know, have a financial need. And so our showers of blessings are really focused on those women that come in who really aren't going to get support from anyone else. And we want to make sure, as you said, Debbie, we want to make sure that they know their support, there are resources available to them um, so that they feel like they can choose life and they're not faced with the burden of how am I going to buy formula, how am I going to buy diapers, what about car seats and baby beds and things like that. And so um, it's a ministry that we've had since really since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we've seen many women take advantage of that in our church and as well as several others in the areas have really been able to bless these women with full on baby showers where we're providing them everything they need. And just like you said, Debbie, they're so much fun. Um, really just getting to be able to bless them in that way. Well, and I know our people love it. I mm-hmm. mean, they, they really participate um, well because they, um, they love the fact they're a part of ministry that mm-hmm. not, that is promoting the idea and the understanding that you're not in this by yourself. There's mm-hmm. a reason the gospel's here too. And we want to share that with people. It's not just about saying, please keep your baby. It's about helping promote the family, right? right? That's right. Um, the family that's there. So um, then my next question is, you're very busy. You're a busy <laughs> lady. <laughs> I know you, right? Yeah. So you're saying that you gave one evening a week, right, to this. That's like, right. how do you, I know I, the need for volunteers in this kind of ministry, it's volunteer heavy. You cannot pay staff to do every piece of what you need to make this work. So how did you fit that in? Like, what was the drive for you to decide, I'm going to volunteer here, even in my busy schedule, I know the Lord wants me to be here. Like, how did that work for you? So have you ever been sitting in church? I'm sure all of us have been sitting in church where um, the pastor, Pastor Chuck, other pastors have said, um, you know, how how are you supposed to be giving of your time? What are you supposed to be doing? And how does God want you to give back and serve? And every time that question came up, I knew exactly what I was supposed to be doing. Like, this has always been a ministry that's close to my heart. 
And I knew for many years before I made the commitment to volunteer, I knew that this was where I needed to be serving. And so um, I probably started before LifeTalk was even here or I even knew about LifeTalk. I went through the whole process of, of being trained when my kids were very small. And I have four kids and um, when my kids were very small and went through the whole process of training. And then I ended up backing out and saying, I, d I really don't have time with a full-time job and four kids and all of their activities. And so I, I went through initial training and then said, timing isn't right. And I put it off. But in the back of my head and in my heart, I knew this is where God wanted me to be. And when Life Talk first started several years in 2008, um, I don't recall who it was, but somebody in our church came up, it stood in front of our church and talked about Life Talk, and that's how I found out Life Talk was located in Frisco. And so I, at that point, um, knew again this is what I was supposed to be doing. It still took me several years of. I'm honestly not following through with that and knowing this is where God wanted me to be. And um, about five plus years ago, almost six years ago now, I said, it's time, Lord, I'm doing it. It's time, even though schedules are super busy. And so I um, went through the volunteer training at LifeTalk and have been volunteering since then. So Thursday nights are typically, and we, we were open on Saturdays for quite some time. And so I would do Thursday evenings and Saturday doing the client advocate role where you it's it's really such a an amazing thing because we get to see these women and men coming through the door and sometimes they are uh, it's a planned pregnancy we we also have women that come through the door who are excited about their pregnancy it was planned and they're coming in for just resources that we're able to provide um, and other times mm -hmm. it's you know they're in crisis situation where they're really at the end of their rope, just, you know, you know, scared, not sure what to do, not sure. Um, and, and many come through the, coming through the door have every intention of having an abortion. And some um, are what we call abortion vulnerable, where they're undecided and they don't have support. So we know that decision of whether to keep their baby or to abort their baby is in limbo. And we're there to try to help counsel them help them know that resources are available to them. How long does that counseling last? I mean, the the mom, the mm -hmm. woman that's carrying the baby walks in and doesn't just walk out. Like, right. it's got to be an ongoing relationship. She shows up or you Zoom or what does that look like for somebody that comes in and that you said abortion? Vulnerable. Vulnerable. We okay. have, yeah. So what happens is um, the young woman comes in and we have about an hour with her. And we do the pregnancy test. If she's going to get a sauna, she gets that. She gets counseling and options counseling. After that, we have several different ways of keeping in touch with them. The client advocate, the volunteer, and she is supposed to call the Tanya, client Someone back. like Tanya. Yes. Okay. Someone like Tanya would be calling the client back once a month. So we stay in touch with them. Once they have their baby, we give them a basket if they're not going to have a shower. We give them a basket that's got all brand new baby items in it. So we try to get them to come back in. And that way, they also can come back in for a picture, a photo shoot. We have a photo shoot that, with a photographer that's all free. All of these things are and free. And those pictures are adorable, by Yes, the way. they turn <laughs> out so good. Wow, they're so cute. And um, so there's many different ways that we try to keep them to come back so that we can stay involved in their life. But primarily, it's through them being called text or emailed, whichever their preference is, once a month. And then when after they have the baby, we're, they are ongoing if they need diapers or if they need formula. I know, it's wonderful. I know. I so we do not like to discuss politics on the show. I'll just put that out there. We try to stay, you know, politics immune um, for obvious reasons. But I feel like um, there's a lot of things, different things that impact pregnancy centers as far as laws, legalities, that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to ask um, about two things, the heartbeat bill and the new abortion law. Um, how have those things impacted Life Talk? Like in, in your, do they impact what you do at all? And Well, the heartbeat law was the first thing that passed last September. Will you that, explain that? For uh, people that sure. Okay. So the heartbeat law is a law that says that the 
the woman that comes in, she has to have a sonogram. Okay, in order to get an abortion in Texas, you have to have a sonogram first. So we offer that to all of our abortion-minded clients. But also with the heartbeat law, if there's a heartbeat, and that usually happens around six weeks, they cannot have an abortion. So there's a huge uptick in chemical abortions where people are trying to get the chemical pills mm -hmm. to induce their own abortions. They can get them on the, online, so that's an added problem. And then they're very panicky about wanting to get that abortion in. Mm -hmm. Now, we do see a lot of clients that are headed out of state. Because you can go to Oklahoma, you can go to some Colorado. I mean, there's some states bordering us, too, that they are very open to abortion. So there's clients leaving. In fact, right after the heartbeat law passed in September, there is a abortion clinic in McKinney that was offering free abortion pills to their clients. And that lasted about a week or two. So somebody shut them down or till they couldn't do that anymore? They just, I, I don't know whether their funding ran out. Clean out their but they also will offer, Planned Parenthood will offer money to help the women to leave the state in order to get an abortion. So, And then there's the Dobbs case. I don't know if you've heard of the Dobbs case that's in front of the Supreme Court. That is actually pivotal. It's, if, if that gets ruled in favor of, then Roe v. Wade could fall. Now, wow. what that means... Dobbs, the Dobbs case. Yeah. I think it's Dobbs versus Mississippi, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, but what that means, if Roe v. Wade does fall, it means that the ability to have an abortion or to provide abortions goes state by state. So each state would have their own laws. I mean, that would take it out of national uh, jurisdiction. Texas already has a law on the books that says if Roe v. Wade falls, abortion is totally illegal in Texas. Does that include the day after pill? So the chemical that includes the, like you were talking about, or does that include the prov the providers, the doctor, or is that only going somewhere for an abortion? Like so those are two different things: the, right. the 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 day after pill, or and the chemical abortions, the okay. RU. 486. Mm -hmm. Those are two different pills. Okay. So um, it would include the chemical abortion. Okay. Okay. So that would include all of it? Yes. yes. Oh. Okay. Yes. And is, so has LifeTalk been involved in any of that? I know different pregnancy centers interact in different ways with the governance of that kind of thing and passing laws state by state. How, I mean, have you all been involved in that at all, or what is your... In our charter, in our um, uh, the way we were formed, we are not involved politically at all. Okay. So we do not take any money from the state. We are not involved in any political, um, you know, efforts at all. And we are totally donor-supported. So we have to keep that separate. And that's on purpose, then? That's right. Very that's on intentional. purpose. Okay. Yes. And what is the reason for that, just so... You want to explain? Do you, what's the reason for that? Her for eyebrows saying? went up. Like, let me tell you. So many reasons. There yeah. are, yeah, Which there are I'm lots sure, of reasons. And I can only imagine they're good reasons. So I'm well, just I, wondering, curious. I think it, it pro I, I, I won't pretend to know. I haven't been here since the beginning um, at Live Talk, but um, our focus really was a, a focus on putting the gospel of Jesus Christ first. And so we took that route of we want to impact these women and these men who are faced with unplanned pregnancies, who are scared, who don't know that there are options available. We want to educate them on all the options available and help them choose life. And so our focus, our vision is to share the gospel with every client that comes through our door, if they will allow us. Some 99% of the time, if you ask, can we talk about, you know, faith and the role that your faith plays in this pregnancy, 99% of the time, the woman says yes. And so that opens the door for us to have that conversation. So we, um, that, that was the focus initially was we want this to be faith-based. We want it to be gospel-centered. We want to be able to share Jesus and share God's plan for, for life and how important that is. And so that was our focus and kind of the founding principles that, that Life Talk was founded upon. That's awesome. I will say too, that in order to be 
qualified as a nonprofit, mm-hmm. you know, the 5013C, yes. you cannot give money to candidates or you cannot try to um, influence. influence any, mm-hmm. yeah. So government. you fall under the same thing as like churches then. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's where we fall too. So yeah. you fall yes. under that same. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. That's okay. right. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think you have some good information for us about maybe who, what, when, I don't know, um, regarding abortions in Texas. Last night I was intrigued on to see like what states lead who has the most abortions and kind of prep, like grabbing my head around this. And mm. I was surprised yeah. that Texas it was kind of in the middle, but now with the new law, I guess it's kind of dropped to the lower half. Whereas well, New York, so well, too, right? New York, New Jersey, California, Texas is actually, um, the, the 60,000 abortions happened in Texas last year, which is quite a significant number. And actually, abortions are the leading cause of death in the United States. They're higher than cancer, you know, heart disease, accidents, anything like that. So there's there's quite a few. That's shocking to me. I don't think I've ever seen that. Like, if you see, like, the leading causes of death, it seems yeah. to be... It's like oh, when but you, they, it's like, yeah, they don't advertise they don't, that. Yeah, it's like the best-selling book. Right. Death, right? Right. I mean, right. Or it's like not. the best-selling book is always the Bible, but no one puts it as number one anymore because it's been there for so long. Right. Yeah. So they're like, okay, everybody knows that. Let's go yeah. to number two. That statistic is ever liked. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Share with us the information. So I have statistics on... 2021, as far as clients that came in the door at Life Talk, so I wanted to share some of those um, just to kind of give you a sense of how many people were touching and reaching each year. Um, so last year, uh, we had 564 clients. 86 of those were men. That's fathers of the babies that came in to support their wife or their girlfriend. Um, and so that's just you know tribute to the men's program that we started at the end of 2020. Um, so 564 clients. Of those, we conducted 360 pregnancy tests, 255 sonograms, 111 STD tests. Um, all of those are free of charge. We don't um, you know, we don't charge for any of our services at LifeTalk. So we get many women who come through the door who really are, are looking for um, affordable or free resources. And like I said before, that they um, have every intention of parenting. But we have also a large number who are undecided, who are scared, who are faced with this, un, you know, unplanned pregnancy and really don't know what they're you know, don't know what to do. And so when um, a client comes in a door, in our door, um, we assess them whether they're abortion determined, meaning they've stated I'm emphatically having an abortion, um, whether they're abortion vulnerable, meaning they're undecided, they, um, you know, don't have resources, they're looking for information to be able to make a decision. And we have a lot of those. And then we have um, those that are likely to parent who have a planned pregnancy or they're excited about their pregnancy. So we had last year 31 women who came in the door who were emphatic that I am having an abortion. Of those, we were able to counsel them after counseling, 24 of them changed their mind and decided to decided to parent, which is amazing. Amazing. It, it so really then, my is. question there is: Do they know what they're walking into when they walk into through your doors? Do they know what Life Talk is, or do they just see pregnancy center? Let me tell you a quick story. So oh, yeah, we love stories. <laughs> um, in December, we had a young woman, and I'll just call her Rachel for lack of a you know another name because I can't give you her full her real name. But she came in and she mistakenly thought she was going to get an abortion. So she totally, she thought that's what you guys would provide. She had Googled us and that's how most people find us is by Googling or or web Mm -hmm. search. And she was determined that she was going to have an abortion. She knew she was pregnant and she had already had five children. How old was she? She was 28. So she had five children. She had had a miscarriage and she already had had two abortions. And she was just absolutely adamant that this is what she was going to do. So... After we explained to her that, no, we do not provide abortions, but yes, indeed, she is pregnant, we were able to counsel her and give her a sonogram. And while she was in the, having the sonogram, she had tears running down her face because she realized that this was actually a child. This was not a choice. It's hard to deny it's a child yes. when you're listening to their heart beating. So we were able to help her with that. Um, 
after counseling and she had the options counseling, she spoke with a, a client advocate for about an hour. She did decide to choose life. And so we were so happy. She, she had not even told the father of the baby at this point. So she wow. was able to bring him in and share that with him. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question. So um, if somebody's listening and they're going, okay, she had five children. What's wrong with her having an abortion if she doesn't want six? What would you say? What's your response to that? Well, my approach to this is always we can't be judgmental, right? We're not we're not called to be there to be judgmental about their situation um, and really pass judgment on what their uh, the decisions they're making, passing judgment on their lifestyle. Um, we are there to love and to share. God's plan for life for them. And so that's the approach that when I'm counseling women who come through our doors in that situation, that's the approach that I take. So it's always really trying to understand the situation, listening first before we speak. So, um, you know, a lot of times we want to share all of our knowledge and share, you know, all of the reasons why they shouldn't. But most important, we need to have a listening ear to understand their situation and where they're coming from first. And then, um, you know, in the midst of hearing that, I'm always praying, God, give me the right words Mm -hmm. to say um, so that I can, you know, so that she can hear what you want her to hear today. And so that's the approach that I always take. And of course, we have lots of resources, training that's helped us understand how, you know, how best to to reach them. But we have, you know, Bible verses, Psalms 139, Psalm 139 is my absolute favorite. Even before I volunteered at Life Talk, Psalm 139 just speaks to me in so many ways. And so, um, you know, I, I share you know, some scripture with them and we talk about God's plan for life and the fact that every day of that child's life, even though she may not have have planned that baby, God knows every day of that child's life um, what's planned every day of that child's life before she even knew she was pregnant. And so when you start talking about God's plan for, for their life and for their baby's life, um, sometimes that has an impact. Hopefully, always that has an impact. Sometimes they still walk out and they choose abortion, and that's devastating. Um, but many times they're open to hearing, and even if we don't know their final decision, we're not called to to be the final determining factor. We're called to share God's word, and so that's our our approach and our attempt with every woman that comes in. I love that. Mm-hmm. Is there an option, too, if they're like, I don't want an abortion, but can you help me find someone that can adopt? Is we that definitely do that. And that would be something that we would share with the client, especially this young woman that had, you know, the five mm-hmm. children. If she didn't want to, to have another child, she could place for adoption. Um, we have we work with about four different adoption agencies. They will come in mm-hmm. at a moment's notice if we have a client that is even open in any way to adoption in instead of doing an abortion so they come and they will sit and talk with them for as long as they want Uh, the adoption agencies are wonderful they will take the young woman and help her with getting to the doctor's appointments they will help her with a place to live if she's homeless we have some homeless women that come in they will help her with many different options and in parts of you know, making sure that she's equipped to be able to place that baby for adoption. Because there's so many families, wonderful Christian families that can't have children or that just want to make a difference in some woman's life by helping her. It's surprising to me that out of, you know, the years that I've been counseling, adoption is the last option. um, Women will choose to parent or they will choose to abort many, you know, at a much greater rate than they would choose to um, place for adoption. And it's surprising to me, but many of them will say, well, I could never, I could never go through pregnancy and give my baby away. And that's why we call it placing for adoption rather than giving your baby up for adoption. Um, and there's, we, we try to share with them their adoption is so different than it was, you know, Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, there were so many options for the mother to be able, the birth mother to be able to make decisions on uh, how much contact you have after the baby is um, placed for adoption. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of 
unknown facts about adoption, so we do try to educate them on that if they are open to hearing it. But so it's you're surprising. saying that when they're looking at the two decisions, and abortion or adoption, too. I'm like, how do I ask a question yeah. about that? <laughs> this yeah. so when they're looking at abortion adoption, they're going, I could never myself give up baby after being pregnant, so I would rather just not have the baby at all. They would rather kill the baby than give it up for adoption or place for adoption, as we say. Many would, which yeah. is surprising. Melissa says it. I like how you say it. I don't know if I could say that, but you've been doing a long time that I'm like, I don't know if I could say kill. It's hard to, it's, it's very <laughs> sad. It brings tears because you're, but again, that in my mind too, that also brings great sadness when you think of the mother mm -hmm. because they're in a spot where they're like, that is where their decision making. Yeah. That's a dark is. place to be. That's a they're hard desperate. place to be. Dark. And then there are ramifications for abortion. Oh, yes. there and are. so I think that kind of brings us to that spot, yeah. I think, talking about that. Because um, we did have Kathy on, Christy's mm -hmm. good friend, one time. And she just talked about her own personal so good. kind of things that she went through as a ramification of her abortion even later on. after ha like year Like decades later after having her children. Remember how um, she said she really didn't feel like, yeah. or she dealt with it, but it didn't really kind of come to the surface till she started having kids. Yeah. And she realized mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm parenting mm -hmm. that the Lord is punishing me for what I did back mm -hmm. in the day. And she was worried God would take one of her yes. children as right. consequence for her choices. So she had to work through God's grace and forgiveness and what that meant. So let's talk about that for a minute. Like yeah. some of just the consequences of abortion that you've seen as you've watched through women, because I know we do, we need to talk about that part of the counseling you do as well. Yes. Um, but what are some of those consequences? Well, abortion has been linked to breast cancer. So that's one of the hmm. physical, you know, links that has been proven. There's also been a lot of proof that there's PTSD or some yeah. type yes. of emotional um, depression. How can and, there not be? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and even if, if a person goes through an abortion, and they're relieved afterwards, then there's a sense of guilt. And the guilt can be so strong that it can cause them to have many, many mental issues later mm -hmm. in life. In fact, I don't think, I think I can say this pretty clearly, that you can't have an abortion and not experience some of the fallout. Yeah. Now, thankfully, we do have a program at Life Talk, and it is an abortion recovery class. And anybody is allowed to come, even women that had had abortions maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and are just now realizing because that can it can labor in you for a long time yes. before it actually comes to the surface. Yeah. Yeah. So we do have that program and it's open to anyone who wants to come in and go through it. It's and a, it's so a what is that program, program like? Like, is that where you, go ahead, Tanya. Yeah, it, it really is just focused on helping them learn to forgive themselves. So through God's forgiveness and how God forgives us for our sins, it's really focused on um, coming to terms with the past decisions that you've made and learning to forgive and learning to, to move forward and understanding there is forgiveness through, you know, through God. And so it's really focused but working on that forgiveness requires that you actually acknowledge you did something wrong. Right. Right. And there's a period. So are they of, walking through? So are, do you walk through that process with them? Or are they coming to you saying, I have these ramifications for it, but I still don't think it was wrong. I'm just dealing with the ramifications of it. Or do you have to kind of, how do you walk through that process with them? I think most of the women that come to it already realize it was the wrong, mis it was a mistaken decision. Okay. And just so, coming, they would right. just acknowledge that. Right. They're acknowledging like, that. Just by showing up. And yeah. the really cool thing about the program, too, is along with what Tanya said, there is a grieving period that they encourage the woman to go through because you have to get it out. And in order to complete the program, they have a a ceremony at the end where they have a naming ceremony. They named the baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they actually have a, a very touching time. They have a pastor come in and they give a little eulogy. And I mean, and they, mm -hmm. they just give the, the baby to God. They give them to Jesus. And so it's a mental, emotional, visual thing that they're doing. Oh, so cathartic and therapeutic and all the, all the amazing things that you should do to go. I mean, yeah that you should experience yeah. to pass through that, that sadness yeah. and to come to terms with what happened. Well, I was hearing a um, journalist do an interview and um, he's, act he's not a believer, but he just talked about a close friend of his who had an abortion and seeing the ramifications of it for her. Um, 
as someone on the pro-choice side of the argument, even, he said, listen, we have to understand that and we have to acknowledge that, that there is a, you know, there is life growing in someone, in a woman. And there's even someone like him who would say, I'm not going to say his name, but who would say, I want women to be able to have an abortion if they want that. He would say, we have to be honest about what that is. And being honest about what it is means that you're acknowledging the fact that there's a life inside of you that you've chosen to um, not have anymore, to kill, right. as you said. Yeah. So as you're I would think that there are women then that are coming to you guys for the abortion counseling that are in a different part of that journey, like some that had abortion 20 years ago, some that maybe had one relatively fresh, right? So is there a difference with how they handle that emotionally based on those kind of like how far they are from it, if they have their own children? Like what if a woman's listening right now saying this happened to me, yeah. you know, at what play, you know, what would you suggest as far as her beginning that journey of saying, yeah. I need to deal with this. I haven't dealt with this yet. I think every journey is different. So even though some have may have experienced abortion 20, 30 years ago, and others more recent. Maybe it was within the past year. I counseled mm -hmm. somebody just two weeks ago who um, had an abortion in March, and she was back again for her, you know, for another pregnancy and undecided whether she was keeping this one. So I think the journey is different, and just because it was a long time ago doesn't mean it's um, more resolved than somebody who has recently had one. So I think recognizing that is probably the first step. Most of the women that come in who go through our abortion recovery classes are current clients. It's rare that we're getting somebody who's not, you know, we, we have an opportunity to share about the abortion recovery class as the clients are coming in the door, which means they're most likely pregnant when they're coming through our door, right? And so that gives us an opportunity to talk about past pregnancies. We always ask the question, how many pregnancies have you had? Have you had abortions? Have you had miscarriages? And so we kind of get that medical history on them, and that helps us know how to target our um, counseling with them and questions to ask. And so through that process, we're able to determine do they have unresolved issues with that pa with that past abortion, which most do, right? And we're able to offer and let them know about the abortion recovery class. So really, the you know to answer your question, it really varies from one to the next, and no journey is the same as what I would. And they say. can walk in. They can walk into Life Talk if you're local. Mm -hmm. You can walk into Life Talk no matter where you are on right. that journey. That's walk correct. In yes. And you will have a volunteer there. To yes, that's correct. Take, you don't have to be them. pregnant if you've if you're interested in doing our abortion you know, taking going through the abortion recovery class mm -hmm. you don't have to be pregnant to come see us that's yeah. certainly something we would want to to help with okay is your spiritual gift mercy like real high on your list have you done your <laughs> spiritual gift test i have I going gosh y'all spiritual gift have to be mercy to not pass judgment to just yeah. love on these ladies that come in and like you said she's had one and then she comes back mm -hmm. and to still be like hey mm-hmm like we know why you're here somewhere in that yeah, yeah. context is to still love them well. Right. I right. think it's a gift God gives you of grace for every day. He pours it out every day. Yeah. It's just fresh grace. Yeah. And if he's calling you to do a job like this, I would think yeah. our volunteer here, he's going to give you lots of grace, even if you, sometimes you need to right. work on it. Sometimes yeah. he's saying, I want you to go here and yes. be with these ladies. Know, you and, gotta, your, your gift is, you, you only take your test. Mercy's going to be number one. I just know it. <laughs> I don't have this, the gift of prophecy, but I'm just saying, I think it might be yes, up there. Think I want to read Psalms 139, which you referenced. Yes. Um, and you said you love this mm -hmm. verse and you've loved it for a long time. Or yes. this chapter. I'm the whole chapter. The whole chapter. The whole okay, chapter. Let's do it. Yes. It says, oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. Oh, I'm going to cry. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Oh, where shall I flee from your presence? It's hard to cry and read. Just it a second. Here we go. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. 
If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day. For darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame is not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord? And I and do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. What stands out to you about that verse that you love or that chapter that you love so much? Um, the last part, certainly, um, search me and know me. I mean, that's, you know, something that I I want to strive to be more like Christ. And so point out those things in me that aren't what you want, that aren't desirable, and point them out to me so that I can hopefully change them in the future. Um, but the whole part just about, um, you know, you know, God knew every every child when it was in its mother's womb. He knew every day of their life before a day was before the mother even knew that she was pregnant. Every day of that child's life is planned, and God knew it. And so, there's a plan and a purpose for every one of us. And so, you asked earlier, Debbie, um, how do you you know how do you counsel somebody who is abortion minded? And it, I think that verse always stands out of just helping them know that. There is a plan, even though they may not have planned this child, there is a plan for that child and a purpose for that life and helping them to understand their role in it and just the the awesome responsibility of helping them raise that child and to understand and to realize God's purpose. Uh, that's the approach that, that I typically take with them. But those things are what speak to me most about Psalms 139. So. Yeah, seems very appropriate. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would, I have a, um, I just, it's hard not to end on that, but I actually have a couple, a question that I meant to ask earlier that I forgot. Um, do you guys have a lot of teenagers that come in to Life Talk? Young mm -hmm. ones? Yeah. By themselves? So, Sorry, Debbie. No, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. sometimes. Do they come by in themselves? like at 16 or 15 by themselves? Do they have to be like, go get a parent? No, they don't have to have a parent to, to be seen by us. Um, there is a, a Texas law that says that if they are seeking help with um, being pregnant, that they can be seen by themselves. Okay, so that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we, when I was, I was trying to. So when I was in college, I was nineteen. I worked at a crisis pregnancy center or volunteered at one um, in College Station. It just started there, but I was on the speakers bureau, so we would go to um, churches and talk to their youth groups. And, um, and then I'd volunteer like three or four hours a week. When we would go to these churches, we would talk um, about kind of just being proactive about taking care of yourself, about your mm -hmm. spiritual health, but also your body and what it meant um, to give it away to someone in a way um, that could be hurtful to you and those kind of things. Um, but it always struck me that there were always girls after we would go speak that would come to see us the next week mm -hmm. it struck you like there was a need that you didn't there know was there was a need, a need i had like, no idea yeah. i was blown away mm -hmm. i had no idea um very naive of course myself so if parents are listening moms and dads you know you've got your kids at home and you love them and they're babies talk about being knitted in your womb you know one third like this is a child you know what would you tell them about how to have conversations with their kids? I just know myself, I was surprised. I don't think people are as naive now as I was back then, but just speak to like how many teens you see having and how would you encourage moms of teenage girls we have, and boys, I guess. Yeah. Both. Sure. We have seen um, quite a few teens come in lately 
uh, one of them was a young woman that she was 17 and her mom brought her in and she said, I want her to have a pregnancy test. So we did the pregnancy test. It was negative, but her mom was very concerned because she had found out that she had been having sex. So there was um, one mom that handled it in one way that we wouldn't necessarily recommend. And it's interesting that mom brought her in instead yes. of just take, getting a pregnancy test from somewhere and doing it at home, yeah. right? So she and wanted she someone else to talk to her daughter. She probably? did. She did. Yeah. And she wanted to have STD testing done um, because this was her daughter's first time. So she wanted to just – but there was a panic and kind of a, a – a, frustration that we saw in the mom that we would try to say not to take that road okay to try to take the road of being coming alongside your child and saying hey i recognize the fact that you're getting older and that there are different pressures than what you might have experienced even last year so i'm here to help you with that not being necessarily a friend because we know we have to be a parent mm -hmm. but you can come to them and do it in a way that is not going to drive a wedge between you, which is what I felt that this mom did. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can see both sides though. I can see her like panic or not thinking right. that her, we had a conversation the other day with some friends and one mom said, Oh, my daughter's not having sex. And we were all like, yes, she is. We know from our kids that know, like, but she was clueless. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know what, when she actually comes to terms with the fact that her daughter is, her personality is not going to be that one that's going to walk in and go crazy. She's going to mm -hmm. possibly yeah. ignore it. But then there's other moms that if they found out their daughter was having sex, oh, yeah. They're throwing that girl in the car. They're going to Life Talk and going, help me. Help us figure this out. Yeah. You just or you do it. Careful. Not even help me. Just you do it. Right. But you have to be careful because there's a relationship there. And you have to look at it as, yeah. I have a relationship with my Heavenly Father and I screw up all the time. And how does he deal with me? Right. Mm -hmm. And so taking those concepts and trying to, to apply them to your children and realizing that they have, they're going to make their own choices, right? And they have yes. their lives. But you're there to be kind of like the bumpers when you're playing bumper bowling <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> to keep them from going off the rails completely. So keeping that relationship of, of open is so, so important. Not yeah. being permissive and saying, hey, whatever you want to do is fine. But just saying, I'm here for a sounding board. I care about you. I love you. You're, you're my child. I think of you as being, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the, the one that God's given me to raise. You know, and you were placed in our family on purpose. Yeah. So trying to take more of an attitude that way is what I would suggest. I like that a lot. That's hard. It's hard, though, because, like, we were raised where you didn't talk about it with your mom or dad. You talked about it with your friends mm -hmm. or your friends talked to you. Yeah. And now we're coming up as parents going, oh, you want us to talk to our kids like this? And granted, they see, you know, all kinds of stuff on their phone. Right. It's, it's a hard switch to – I mean, I've had to switch talking with my – son and both my daughter and I'm like okay I'm gonna talk like I am um, I've just read an Instagram or I'm on their feed and I'm seeing what they're seeing and so I've used words where their eyebrows are like you know that word or my daughter will share something with me and I'm like oh I am blushing like I haven't heard that word since junior high but it's establishing that relationship so that they're like mom's not gonna freak out when I tell her whatever right right I mean yeah, and true. I put the chastity belt on my daughter, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we used to if give we out the, I'm like embarrassed to say this, but you know, the cotton balls we used to give out and all the things we did to for the girls to put their knees together and hold the cotton ball. <laughs> but I've never heard that. that what is thing? that? That was a big deal no. back in the, period, in the day. Yeah. You would put yeah. like at a... So when we would go teach, at the, and of course, I'm this is 30 years ago, yeah, right? I'm but I mean, we would have a big thing of cotton balls. We're like, girls, okay. So just remember, carry a cotton ball around with you. And if you put it between your knees right here and hold yeah. your knees together so the combo doesn't drop, think about doing that around Never boys where you're tempted. And I put it in quotes. I mean, it was just so cheesy. I mean, yeah. and just. Well, there's lots of cheesy. That but the girls would laugh. Well. And I mean, and we would have, um, you know, I had some friends I did. So we had guys that we were partnered with and that we would do kind of presentation together. And then the guys would take the guys and I go talk that. and we would take mm -hmm. the girls and that kind of stuff. Um but I, I think I remember what I do remember from a lot of that time was just like I said, the girls that came in, but just like the terror in their faces. Oh, right. Sure. Just the anxiety and the fear and the sadness that they really felt like they had no one to go talk to. Mm -hmm. And I I the one thing I do like about how 
we talk about conversations with parents and teens now is that difference of like my mom, like we, my mom and I have even talked about it. Like they did not talk like mm-hmm. that with us at all. Right. I mean, they oh. did a lot. We did Bible studies. We did a lot of knowledge stuff. That was great. It wasn't topic of conversation at my house no. either. <laughs> I mean, um, and so you're kind of understanding now that just the last couple of decades have changed a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't want to be really distanced from your teenagers, you need yeah. to be willing to have those hard conversations and hear hard stuff that, yeah. ugh. Out of their little mouths, you're just like do it oh. when you're cooking and they're your back is to them as you're yes. cutting yes. something. So small little yes, yeah, or small little conversation when you're unloading the dishwasher. Yeah, yeah. But also, also, so another plug for life talk here is most teenage girls have no idea, and even in Frisco, most teenage girls have no idea that life talk exists, mm-hmm. and maybe. Um, you know, as a parent, if you're, you know, if, if you're a mom listening to this, um, helping get the word out that there are resources available yeah. besides parent, Planned Parenthood, because yeah. almost every teenage girl knows who Planned Parenthood sure. is. And they knew that if a friend of theirs got pregnant, that's probably the first thing that comes to mind. And they believe that Planned Parenthood is there to help. And mm. most of them have no idea that we exist. So mm. um, we want to get the word out with you know, all of, all of the, you know, teenage girls, teenage boys, because they're, they're in the midst of this as well, that Life Talk is here to help in those situations. So tell your friends, tell your kids' friends. Because even a if, good your point, child, yeah. if your child has a friend who is exactly. worried and wants to say, hey, you don't have to be involved, but just let them know about this resource. Exactly. Oh my gosh, my daughter has lots of friends and yeah. even my son. And like, that's, that's a good way of that getting, I need to do. That's yeah. good information out to your child too hey yeah. i just wanted to tell you for your friends yes. you know, exactly. you. yeah air quotes yeah and I'm just kidding. I, yeah <laughs> i was gonna say too that i think it's so important that we build up our children yeah. and help them to realize how important they are and that they are a precious vessel and they are so important to god and god has a plan for their lives so that mm-hmm. if we build them up that way mm-hmm. then they're not so um prone to possibly fall under the you know the 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 way of the world. Way of the world. <laughs> well, yeah. and hormones are a thing, right? Yeah. They're a real deal, but yeah. you have to be slave to them. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing we talk. I mean, just having that conversation of we're going to mess up, yeah. but you don't have to be slaves to that. There are mm-hmm. people who want to help you get through this time in your life where feel you're on. You feel like you're on a hair trigger, right? But yeah. come on, you can. We've made it. <laughs> we've all gone through that, and it is possible. But um, if you do mess up. There's people who love you and care about you. Right. And, um, and if you're in that situation where hormones are taking over, I mean, God promises that he's He's going to give us an out. He's going to give us yeah. the ability to say no. So kind of leaning back on those promises. I used to, you know, I used to teach in our youth group here at, mm-hmm. at Frisco First. And that's one of the things, you know, that I remember talking about with our girls is, we're always, you know, God gives us an out. He's going to give us the ability and the strength, even though it seems like, you know, our emotions are taking over. He's going to give us the strength to, uh, you know, to, to follow his will and his guidance if we'll just ask for that. So I always say good. girls, too, you need to learn, lean into that more because it's easier for the girls to get out than the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't be thinking that he's going to. I remember growing up and for some reason thinking like, oh, he's going to be the one that's going to stop. I don't know where I learned that, but, oh, he's going to be the one. And learning like, no, he's not. He did. He is overwhelmed right now. He cannot think straight and learn to be like, I have to be the one that's like, nope, sorry, nope, 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 nope. And learning that boundary. Yeah. We first asked the question, why is crisis not in the name anymore? Can we circle back? I like sure. to kind of check all my boxes. Okay. <laughs> so, so the we, name, the full name. So used to be, I grew up going to the Crisis Pregnancy, pregnancy Center. Center. We used, my mean. mom used to take us and we used to go pick it with our signs at Planned Parenthood in Dallas. Wow. Oh, yeah. I vividly remember it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, People I would drive been... up and we would be the. You're speaking. That's great, Debbie. I'm out no. being the <laughs> no, crazy the friend, one. No, the friend. I was going to say the friend mom. of mine. Do y'all remember Operation Rescue? Mm-hmm. So the friend of mine that I started doing the Christ Springsteen Center with, he um, actually did went. I was supposed to. Our group was supposed to go on an Operation Rescue thing and we handcuffed ourselves to the abortion clinic. And so, so I was supposed to, like I me. was supposed to go on it, but I didn't. I dropped out last minute because I lost my nerve. Well, we they didn't went. Have a and of to course, say you were to go. <laughs> the police came, arrest them. They were all in jail for five days because uh-huh. part of the deal is you did not give your name. It was uh-huh. like your resistance or whatever, you know. And fast forward through times when people are wanting jobs, and now they have this on their record because we were not minors; we were college kids. And I'm going. I wanted to be a teacher. 
that would not have been good for me right. <laughs> to have that. That would have been, but that being said, but that was a big thing for a while. The Huge. picketing, the putting yourself in chains we around, that. We just held signs. you know, and all that kind of well, stuff. It would take but, all of us out there, all four of us. Yeah. Out there. I, I like this this pregnancy center approach better, so I think, I that, think it's that's great. more. <laughs> it's I feel great. like this gets more done, but hey, that's personal, I guess. Do, yeah, do what do what wires you. <laughs> yeah. So as a ministry, as an industry, all the pregnancy centers in the area and also across the country, we have all moved away from crisis pregnancy center because of the fact that the word crisis, it tends to have more of a negative connotation. It also tends to make you feel like, um, well, there's something wrong with me. There's something in, in this is like a judgment call mm. that I am in crisis and that I am making the wrong decision. And what if and you're almost, not in a crisis? Yeah, and almost yeah. So like an urgency right. to make a decision, and yes. we don't want there to be urgency around that. We want them to, you know, yeah, to choose life and take their time, take breathe their through time. it, pray, breathe, prayerfully right. consider. I love that that's dropped. So, so now most of them call themselves pregnancy care centers or pregnancy resource centers. Um, we don't try, and, and actually LifeTalk is considered a medical clinic. We are a limited medical clinic. We do medical tests. We have nurse. We have a doctor. Um, the doctor's not on staff. He's a, actually, I mean, he's not on the premises, I should say. He is on staff, but um, not on the premises. But we do have uh, several nurses, and we are considered a, a limited medical clinic. So those nurses and doctors giving their time, is that... We way. have one nurse manager that is on staff. Okay. She is paid. And then we have two volunteer nurses, and we have the doctor who is also volunteer. So are they the ones giving the sonograms? The, the nurse nurses? manager is the one that gives the sonograms. And we have another nurse that's being trained right now so that she can do sonograms also. The doctor kind of oversees final paperwork and all of the, yes. the official things he, behind the scenes. Yeah. He or she um, mm -hmm. would be the one that looks at the each sonogram and make sure that everything looks okay. It's so cool how they're giving back, like their skill, where they're at, mm -hmm. but they're like, I can still. Yeah. So I think so. as we close, I think a great question would be, what, why do you, what keeps you doing what you're doing? What do you love about what you do at Life Talk? Well, I'm happy to go first, Melissa. Um, for me, it is seeing women choose life for their babies is I mean, just having the opportunity to counsel them, helping them understand that there is support available um, to them and that they can choose life for their baby. So when they make that decision that I am going to parent and I am going to, um, you know, give life to my child is, I, I mean, that's one of the main reasons. But second, second, but not second. Um, so really right up there is just the opportunity to witness to each of these women and men that come through our doors um, and share God's grace and love and forgiveness and um, just to share the gospel with them. That's a, a, a way to be able to do that. And I never considered myself, when you, you speak about spiritual gifts, I never considered myself, um, you know, as you know, evangelism being very high, but just the opportunity to sit in a room one-on-one -on -one and have those conversations and share Christ with them is one of the most rewarding things. And so that's what keeps me doing what I'm doing and, and why I still volunteer my time at Life Talk. So what keeps me doing it? Um, I will say that the statistics that Tanya read are one of the reasons that I keep going. I mean, 27 you know, souls given to Jesus Christ this last year. And also, too, we had a very slow autumn. So August, September, October, November was very, very slow with clients. We didn't have a whole lot of clients coming in. And so during that time, I was really soul-searching about how do we get more clients to know about us and, and is what we're doing making a difference. And I was talking to someone who helped me to see that, yes, even one, if even one comes to know Jesus, if even one chooses life for their baby, it's worth it. So now on my desk, above my desk, I have the word even one written. And oh. I think that's what keeps me going. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's what it's about. Yeah. Just the one. Mm -hmm. We get so caught up in the masses in this yes. world that we forget it's just about the one. Yep. Yeah. I love that. You said earlier, too, they gave you that. You said about the executive director in your different spots. You're like, they gave it. They gave it. I would say that you could probably go back and go, you earned it. 
You earn every spot that you've well, Melissa ever. Melissa has earned it. Yes, she has. She has earned it. She is, I mean, she, she loves has. these women well. She's mm-hmm. thinking about it and praying over it. So you've earned Thank that you. spot, girl. Good Thank job. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Well, and we're grateful for what you guys do for the community. Um, I know just watching Tanya with Showers of Blessings and those clients, it's just sweet. And it's a blessing to us as a church to be have that opportunity to give um, to those couples, those families, those ladies, and just hear about their babies and their families later. And we just love the opportunity to be able to do that. So I'm just going to say thank you, mm-hmm. um, you know, to you guys from our community and just tell you we appreciate it. We know it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that you're not always getting um, the accolades or the, <laughs> you know, and you don't do it for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I just want to say, you know, I guess from us, though, just thank you very much. We appreciate it. Oh, and, and we appreciate uh, Life Talk. Well, we appreciate the support of yes. Frisco First yes. um, more than you know. We um, it, we couldn't do it without the supportive churches like um, Frisco First Baptist and the people in uh, the small groups and in our no, you know in our. Get that sign up genius when a blessing. I know. I know. Be excited. Yes. We yes. are so happy to partner with your church. I mean, it's been you guys have been so faithful in giving mm-hmm. and so faithful in in supplying the showers of blessings and just and you know the giving financially it's just been a a pleasure to work with your church so thank oh, you good. from we're us we're glad well thank you so much this has been awesome we've appreciated talking to you guys thank you for coming in mm-hmm. um thank you for being a part of our podcast hopefully it wasn't too painful not at all. We appreciate so, you having us. Yeah, yeah it's been great. So much. Anytime. And if you and if anyone ever wants to volunteer, yeah. we would love to have you volunteer at Live yes. Talk. So please reach out. to And us. you can just go online. Live Talk. Let Let me tell you what Here the you okay. website is for volunteering. Okay, it's friendsoflifetalk.org. Friendsoflifetalk.org. Yes. There we go. We'll have to That's put nice that out there. Too. Yeah, we can. We can make sure and get that out there. Um, cause yes, you're always in men and women, men and women. Yes. Yep. Please. Exactly. And college kids. Yes. Right? That's right. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, that's a great opportunity for service. Well, this, that's it from us today from noisy narratives, everyone. Um, thank you for listening to this conversation. Um, you'll see, you'll hear from Christy and I next week. Um, but thank you to our guests today. We appreciate y'all being here. Thank you. But that's it from us. Um, that's it from noisy narratives. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. What happens now?